Hey there, fellow watchers. It's that time of the week again. Born to watch. We're three old mates, one a video shop owner, one an industry insider, and one a black belt in 80s kung fu movies. Talk movies as if they were back in their prime again. It's every kid's rite of passage to go through their horror phase. And this movie was one that as a young boy, I would stare at on the video shop shelf. 1981's An American Werewolf in London is an iconic 80s horror comedy that as soon as I looked old enough to hire it, which admittedly may have been nine years of age, I did, and I never looked back. Let's take a chip through the moors and meet the team. G-Man, welcome. Thanks. Yeah, this is, uh, this is one of those ones that I, I originally watched, and yeah, it was scary. Back when you're nine or ten years old, mm. mate, that was, this one scared me. I have uh, very, very, very strong memories of this one. Definitely. But yeah, looking forward to talking about it. A hairy animal tearing up Tottenham Court Road. Yeah, I, haven't, good. I haven't seen that since Morgs in the late 90s. <laughs> it was a much better looking animal than Morgs. <laughs> and of course, the man on the land, two in a row, Dan, welcome. Yeah, I'd like to say it's good to be here, but Gal, why the fuck did you pick this film? <laughs> I didn't pick it. Is this premature disadulation, Daniel? Well, you guys fuck it every week by going, this is one of my favourite films of all time. So I figured you don't have to stick to the rules. So I'm going to lay my cards down nice and early. G-Man, what were you thinking? Well, we, we didn't do Wake in Fright, so we did this instead. <laughs> Wake in Fright's in the chamber, ready to, uh, ready to be cocked. No, it is not. <laughs> okay, look. I thought up front we'll get to our first Apple podcast review that I've seen in some time, which is lovely. And people, please get on Apple, give us a five-star review and share the love. Write a review. It makes a huge difference to the distribution of the podcast to the world, and we'd appreciate it. Here we go. Five-star review. Easily the best movie review podcast with an exclamation mark. Whitey and the team review the greatest films from the 80s and 90s and Fuck beyond. me. People, Whitey might say the most words and love his own voice the most, but we are not just the team. We are essential. It goes Whitey, Gal, Damo, and then a distant fucking fourth is me, and we're all equal importance. That, that may be so, but let me just read the review again, okay? Whitey and the team review the greatest films from the 80s and the 90s and beyond. You cannot find a better breakdown of your favourite films. I know. I've tried. Big respect, boys. Keep them coming. Who who was that from? Okay. So I, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's DeRay the CA. Right. All right. Listen, DeRay me. Thanks. Thanks for that. We really appreciate your kind words. But go back and change the Whitey and Team bit. Take it off and change it. What did Do Re Me sing? What was that, the band Do Re Me? What was it? Oh, they, I think, did they back up the Shantuzis? Yeah, it's an Australian pop band formed in yeah. 1981. It would have been around this time. Yeah. Do Re Me, what did they? It's not Big Pig. Oh, what did no, they play? Was, no, no, no. You're just going to step on you yeah. again. That was from the Deborah Conway was in it. That oh, the best, best, best known hit was Man Overboard. Oh. Watch out, man, overboard. Okay, well, that's good. We're probably not going to be able to use that in the podcast, Dan. It was so fucking loud. Oh, sorry. I'll back it off. <laughs> Shout, man, overboard. Yeah, that was better. Still, uh, yeah. Take two. Still loud. Take two. Take two. That was great. 
And oh. sorry, just back to Dara and me for a sec, mate. Where the fuck are you searching if you can't find a better podcast? If you want a MySpace me, I'll send you a list of about a hundred that are better. Mate, not in not an island. We hit the Irish charts this week, number nine in the Irish oh. Review podcast charts. Me and the G are big in Ireland. Yeah, well, that's why. <laughs> No, just joking. Don't me. Really appreciate your thoughts. Thanks. Yeah. Thank didn't, you. Just sorry, back to Ireland. Gow, did this, didn't the opening of this film just remind you, you of our travels in Ireland? Oh, I just yeah, feel like definitely. that was us walking through the moors with our backpacks on. I had the big stupid backpack with 19 pairs of everything and you just had the little snug one with just That's your, right. uh, with your Botany Bay traders. and Had, uh, had some Gore-Tex know, puffy jackets. That's right. We we ran the puffies like that as well. Yeah, I felt like they they mimicked our travels somewhat. John Landis mined our travels some uh, fifteen years prior to us actually taking off. Yeah, that, that was based on our based on our journey. It's part of the reason we went there, I think. Yeah, they rounded up some of the girls that you you met through the way, and you're in the back of the truck with them. Uh, you know. <laughs> there, there was two main things I thought about was. That they're just like me and G, except they drink heaps less piss when they ordered the cup of tea in the pub. Did you ever order disgusted. a cup of tea at a pub? Never in one's life would you. I can understand why all those interesting looking at locals were rather pissy at them. But okay. I, it, it also made me think of how, how you were you were renowned for being a great farter and you could, you could fart like Gentle Ben and... I kept telling my my workmate about how oh you've got to meet the G he's he can fart like General Ben, <laughs> and then we met him at that party that night and I introduced you and he was all pissed up and he goes it's Gentle Ben, <laughs> <laughs> you got to be around for something G man. I don't know where you get these stories from. Now is it? I just want to ask a question though. Is it? Is it? Is it the Moors, or is it pronounced the Moops? <laughs> <laughs> it depends whether you're locked in a bubble. <laughs> there was puffy jackets too. There was some Canute uh, up here who was running a puffy jacket last week, and it was 26 degrees. Oh, yeah. On, Queen, I'm, not, I'm not big on the puffy jacket. I'm puffy enough without throwing a puffy jacket. Yeah, in. you're not a you're not a you're not a big fan of the uh, the old Michelin just, Man style. Well, I don't need know. it. I'm already a Michelin Man. I'm, I'm oh. a I'm wearing my own puffy jacket. You can't get a puffy jacket on up this way. No. There's no need for it. No. Nah, nah, oh, I've got to say, it's pretty cold this morning. It was cold this mm. morning, yeah. Okay. Movie was out in 1981. It is 42 years old. It's an old movie. We're going to set the over and unders a little low, I think, for this one. We're going to set it at 15. Dan, up there on the land, over and under 15. I don't know that I've seen this film through in its entirety ever. Including I could the remember, watch that you just I, did? No, I didn't. The watch that I just did obviously is one. But yep. beyond that, I knew some scenes. Now, again, uh, listeners to the program will understand that that could be A, I haven't seen it previously, or B, I pissed away those brain cells many, many moons ago. So one of, it's a, one or the other. But no, I couldn't couldn't recall it. So I'm going to go with one. Okay, wow. One. Okay, well done. Wow. G-Man? Where do you sit? Oh, look, I've seen this a few times. I don't know if it's 15. It'd be, it'd be 10, 10 to 15 for sure. Yeah. Haven't seen this in a really, really, really long time. But um, did used to watch it. Got a run down at uh, Jason Lejewski's house down the back of Kendall Crescent. A fair <laughs> bit we used to watch it when we were young. His old, man used to, his old man used to fast forward through the sex scenes. But the Really? But the, the, the ripping well, apart the body, the mutilation was fine. The mutilation. But anyway, you could just go around the corner and get the real sex scenes anyway. 
I've been stencils covered in the old man's cupboard. Had a resident cockbuster in his in his uh, cupboard. Do we, uh, do we talk about the sex scene now, or do we save it? No, we'll save the sex scene because if we start talking about it now, I might not finish. I might not get to the end of this podcast. Excellent. Uh, okay, look, I'm I'm over. Probably fifty times I've seen this movie. Fifty. Yeah, easily. I, I this was this is a favorite of mine, and I got to say though, it was an interesting rewatch. Yes. I, fe- I have found that going back through the movies that I have immense nostalgic attachment to, the rewatches have been quite different. Yes, this time around, definitely. Especially when I'm looking for things in our categories and trying to find things. How come? That are quite funny. How come you're allowed to be honest like that? And when I say exactly that and then give it no, to First Blood, no. I pop no. an absolute No, it's okay to say that. What you say is, who picked this fucking movie, girl? This is shit. That's thing. what you say. When tomato, I tomato. Yeah, okay, well, that's it. We'll, we'll, we'll agree to disagree. No poker face there, more. Uh, no I'm well over in this one. Uh, it's it was an old favorite of mine. It was one of the first ones that was on the shelf with the red A and and the rest in black, in the old VHS days. Anyway, let's listen to the trailer. La 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 la! Isn't this fun? Lovely stroll on the moors. Did you hear that? I heard that. What is it? You think it's a dog? Nice doggy. Good boy. What happened to them? Well, the police report said they were attacked by an escaped lunatic. A wolf. My friend Jack was just here. Ah! Told me that I will become a monster in two days. Your dead friend, Jack. Yes. Gotta believe me, David. Believe what? You're one of the undead, and I'm a werewolf. Tomorrow night's the full moon. You're gonna change. But what? You'll become. I know. I know. A monster. A naked American man stole my balloon. What? What did I do last night? You don't remember? The last remaining werewolf must be destroyed. It's you, David. Oh, another quality 80s trailer there, G-Man. Tell us about the movie. All right. Here's a tag, an early tagline from this movie. John Landis, the director of Animal House, brings you a different kind of animal. I don't mind that. It's good. An American Werewolf in London is a macabre mix of humour and horror from the acclaimed director John Landis. Starring David Norton, Jenny Agatha, this classic horror comedy tells the beastly tale of two American youths whose European adventure turns to terror after they are attacked by a werewolf. One of the travellers is killed, but the other's fate is worse than death as every full moon now seems to bring out the beast in him. Ooh. You like that? Yeah. You're a gunter. Do you know it's it's sad. Like this is this is what thirty five years of friendship does, right? Is that you know when certain things get said 
you know there shall be a retort around that. <laughs> so, anyway, critical thinking. So on IMDb, this movie rates 7.5 out of 10. And on Rotten Tomatoes, this is so Wait, whoa, 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 yes. whoa. Which one was that? IMDb? IMDb, 7.5. 7.5. Yes, 75%. What the actual 7.5 out of 10. Wait, Daniel, fuck. there's more. Certified fresh on Rotten Tomato meter at 89% with an 85% audience score. So this is, from a critic perspective, it's almost a 9 out of 10 movie. Eight and a half from an audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. So we've got a couple reviews here. We've actually got another one from our mate, Dave Kerr, but we'll get to him in a sec. Get it, Wayne. As, as he only does a bad review. So the good review, Tom Huddleston from Time Out. Not just gory, but actually frightening. Not just funny, but clever. American Werewolf has its flaws, but these are outweighed by the film's many mighty strengths. I like that. It's good review. Good Good review. review. Okay, so here's old Wayne, Dave Kerr from the Chicago Reader. It's a failure. Less because the odd stylistic mix doesn't take, it does from time to time and to striking effect, than because Landis hasn't bothered to put his story into any kind of satisfying shape. He's rough. I reckon Davo's rough. He's very rough. Angry man. I reckon, angry da- I, I reckon he's onto something here. I just don't agree with the good point he made. <laughs> he didn't make any good point. Yeah, yeah there was one in there that was semi-good. I can see yeah. where he's going with that. I can see where he's going with that with some of the some of the plot that we'll get to. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's get to ordinary people. Gao, take it away. David Norton is the star of this movie. Now, I've got some I've come up with something really good here for him. Oh, actually, before you say that, this is as close to a character in any film that there has been to Morgs. <laughs> you reckon? Yeah. Yeah. Just the just hair. In 80s hair. Yeah. The hair, the yeah. puffy jacket, the shit backpack, the running. He's, yeah, he's just, it's this, I looked at him and go, it's fucking Dan. <laughs> I knew there's a reason I fucking hated him. <laughs> Well, you know this this tidbit will you'll like then because Morgs, you know, does fancy himself as a bit of a bit of a songmaster. Mm, he does. David Norton started his career. Well, he'd done a couple of things, but but the biggest thing he'd done was a TV series called Making It in 1979 alongside Ellen Travolta. He started Billy Minucci. Here's the premise for that show. Inspired by Saturday Night Fever, the nocturnal adventures of two young brothers at a disco with their rambunctious Italian family. Now, not only did he star in that show, he made a song called Making It. And that song was actually used in a movie the same year because that was 1979 that series was in. One season it went for, it was used in Meatballs. Well, look, to be Excellent. fair, I listened to that song and and, um, and it sort of after that bit, it sort of goes, making it, <laughs> making it, making it. Yeah. Although it. we've got to say that as songwriters ourselves, you know, if you can't find the hook... The rest of the song can't fit. He just found making it and thought that'll do. That's it. Got into meatballs, so good on him. Yeah. But look, from there, he was in American World in London, obviously in 81. Morgs, here's one for you. He was mm. in a 1983 favourite of yours, Hot Dog the Movie. Yeah, I do enjoy that. Yeah, that's that's now, something I do revisit. Can you can you give me the quote, Morgs? Do you remember the quote? Oh, no, is you're that a skiing to movie? Yes, it's a it skiing is. movie. It yeah. is a skiing movie. Where they do a, they do a thing called a Chinese downhill. 
which is basically oh. just a free like where they all go down the mountain. It's a free for all on the way oh. down. Very exciting. V- much better when done after nineteen pints. <laughs> you might remember this, folks. This is the quote when 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 Rudy, who's one of the skiers, says you can stay in my way, and and Dan says, "Hey, Rudy." You can kiss my ass. Not on this side, not, not on that too. side, but right in, right the, in the middle. Right <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so oh, good. Yeah. But uh, after that, he look, he's in a series with Pam Dorber from Mork and Mindy. Mork and Mindy, yeah. My Sister good Sam, song. which was a couple of years in, yeah, in, in 86 to 88. But uh, a couple of small movie roles I've had, but a lot of one-off TV jobbing. Murder, She Wrote, The Twilight Zone, MacGyver, was in Seinfeld. Yes, did an episode in season three called the Red Dot. Yeah, he's he's got the uh, the jumper that's got the cashmere jumper. Yeah, with he's the, the he's, down he's cashmere. The, he's the drunk. He's the drunk guy that comes back in to the thing at the end of the yes. episode. Yeah, I remember him. Yeah, tries yes. to bash George. Yes. Yep. On the Red Dot. Red Dot. Yeah, he was in Melrose Place. Did a did a oh. did a, uh, an episode. Er, Jag. He um. But after that, look, he's bounced back in the last couple of years with some big movies. Um, <laughs> in 2017, he was in Sharknado Five. Oh. Global Swarming. Yes. And uh, Attack of the Killer Chickens, the movie, 2022. Goodness. Okay. He's got an animal fetish. Yeah. Next up, we have Jenny Agata. (laughs) Sorry. It's not about how you say it. I was going to say who? Her film career began at the age of 12 in a movie called East of Sudan, 64. She starred in quite a few movies as a teenager, but um, she was acting in Walkabout. She was the young girl in Walkabout. Yeah, we spoke about her last year. Uh, Last week, she got a gear off. Yeah. Mm. That was 71. She was also in a movie, another movie in 71 called The Snow Goose. And she won an Emmy for Best Supporting Actress. Um, she was in Logan's Run in 76 with Michael York. The Eagle Has Landed. Great movie. Yeah, great movie. Michael Caine, Robert Duvall. Michael Caine. And uh, what did, was you know, did, did you know? Did you know it's Michael Caine? Did That's you just know? <laughs> just with Damo. Uh, but yeah, one of Morgz's favourites in that movie too, Donald Sutherland. Oh, yes. One degree. Yes. Uh, Charles Play 2 and in a movie, she was in another movie in 95 called Blue Juice mm. with uh, Ewan McGregor and Catherine Zeta-Jones. Ooh. JC thinks surfing is everything. His girlfriend Chloe wants him to settle down. When he decides to go surfing one night with friends from London, she throws JC out. Surfing or Chloe? Wow. Yeah. Mm. Strong movie. Wide berth. <laughs> <laughs> but the same with her. Uh, after that, heaps of TV jobbing. Magnum PI, Murder, She Wrote, Twilight Zone, Equalizer. She was in Red Dwarf. Okay. And, um, and in Lady Years, as a, as a TV show for the last few years called Call the Midwife. Her sister, Julie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. So with Vanessa Redgrave. Yeah. She's a great sort. Yeah. Really good sort. I reckon you've got one more actor. Yeah, we've we got one more. Which it's, you can it's, cover. It's Griffin Dunn. Yes. So he st- his first movie was really, this was the first role he really had as Jack Goodman. The poor, unfortunate sidekick. Yeah. Um, but after that, he was in a movie in called After Hours in 86. Directed by Scorsese. Scorsese. It's really movie. funny. It's comedy. Yeah. It's really funny. It's yeah, good yeah, movie. yeah. With Rosanna Arquette as well. So he was in The Big is Blue. That the one, is that the one with all the shit in the face? <laughs> no, no, no. My wife. It's my wife. <laughs> but yeah, so The Big Blue in 88 uh, with oh, Jean Reno and Rosanna a, Arquette again. That's a very good movie. Yeah, good movie. You seen The Big Blue, Dan? Uh... Yes, I have. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. Great movie. Yeah. Uh, My Girl in 91 with Macaulay Culkin and Dan Aykroyd. He was in Dallas Buyers Club as Dr. Vass in 2013. Dr. Vaseline? 
but most recently he starred in the last three or four years in, a, in the TV series This Is Us with Mandy Moore. Oh. Yeah. Mandy. I, Gal, yeah. can I just say I'm surprised you were able to get three actors in the ordinary people section in this. Yeah, I know. Oh. Yeah, that's I pushed him for that one. Wow, yeah, that was, it was tough. I didn't go any deeper How? than that yeah. because everyone else is a bit actor. No, I, I, I've uh, got, I've got, I've got two that I can, I can well, go further. Yeah, I, I did have them, but yeah. you, you mention them if you want. Well, Rick so, Mayall yeah. is one of the the people in the part. Enough. I thought he would have a bigger part, so I, yeah. I, I, I named, I, I spot checked him, and I was like, oh, okay, at least there'll be something from Rick Mayall. And here. I, I didn't bother looking his name up, but the bald guy in the pub is in Alien Three. Here is the lesson. He's the guy who's the boss of the mining uh, town in ah. Alien 3. Yeah, he's the, uh, yeah. Well, the the other one that's in the movie is Frank Oz. Oh, is, does he play the Mr. Uh, Collins. the embassy guy? Yeah, the, yeah, embassy, the embassy guy, guy yeah. Settle down, oh, David. What a, what a dickhead. Settle down, Mr. Kessler. I didn't, oh, the only one I noticed was Bricktop, was the taxi driver. Bricktop oh, yes. from, yeah, from Snatch was, okay, uh, yeah. And uh, and Lockstock, he's uh, he's Sting's mate in Lockstock and Tibbet. Yeah, it was. He's got quite a. Uh, he's the cadence of his speech is quite yes, quite uh, yeah, quite unique. Mm. So, but oh mate, I I just get, it got to me thinking like what was Landis obviously got quite a few bucks for this and and jumping ahead, I mean it won an Academy Award for the special effects at the time, which have dated horribly, but at the time were groundbreaking, but. The cast just seemed to me ludicrous to 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 launch a film of this stature with these Nevilles. I, I just well, I didn't get it. This is this is after Twilight Zone, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Landis one. Landis was in Deep Doo Doo, that's for sure. Yeah, so, maybe, so not many. I think not, not many major actors want to work with Landis. Yeah, that you might end up so, dead. Yeah, yeah. Definitely don't let your kids go on set. But I, I, I was thinking when, and again, I, as we went over unders, I, I can't remember seeing it in uh, in its entirety. But it looked to me like a bad student film. I was like, who? Where has he got these actors? Like G- Jenny Agatha, obviously, has gone on to have a, a an interesting career and been in some some really good flicks and and been a mainstay in TV and has worked over five decades and was a bloody good sort. So I can understand her inclusion. But every single one else, I was like, how did they get financing for this? Like there was no one that you would want to go and see the film because you would get to see actor here in the flick. It was uh, it was mm. weird. I guess it was at a time when the movies weren't sold by the stars. Not as, look, not as much. I mean, but, you, but, but, but I, I agree with you, Dan. I think that there is a dearth. Oh. Acting talent in this movie, and, and I'm the same. Like I thought, there's only going to be three people okay. in this. Do you want to know and, something about this? Do you want to, yeah. do you want to know something? About sure, it? girl. Because John Landis had done the Blues Brothers, right? So the producers of this movie originally wanted him to put John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd in as the two, and because David Norton had had done big uh, Dr Pepper ads, yes. But yeah, so he'd done these be a pepper ads, and that's what he was known for at that time. Yeah. And he'd done, a little, but yeah, they, they originally wanted to cast Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi as the two characters, and then which makes it totally makes yeah. sense. Yeah, that I can see them. I can see them as the lead characters. I can see them driving the the comedic moments. David fucking Norton, who uh, I, I thought it must be Landis's nephew or something. He was like, yeah, right, I'll give you a flick. Like, 
that was just a strange bit of casting. The, sorry, there was one other famous actor in in, uh, in the movie which I missed. The cat, I swear it's Jonesy from fucking Alien. Yes, I was going to say that. It is, and it, it even does the same hiss. Yeah, it's, only, it's a, he's a one-trick one cat and uh, he's only got that one hiss, but it's definitely... Yeah, the uh yeah, yeah. from the mighty well. alien yeah definitely alien came out 42 years ago today Crazy. wow sunny sunny posted that really yeah oh did you read one of the things i never read the shit that he sends me <laughs> keep sending it though sunny <laughs> love you mate oh, i listen to you mate but there's the only the other just last thing on actors gout the, the only other outtake i had from this film was that we have a new number one champion of shit child actors Surpassing our own Australia is now no. the UK. No. What no. are you talking about? No. They are horrendous in this film. No. No. <laughs> he was particularly bad. But, uh, yeah, if it, every single one of them was. I just felt that it may have been shot in Sydney. But what about, okay, I, I don't know if anyone's got this, but what about, have you ever been beaten from about the head? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was crying. She would not. Je, Jenny was uh, was a high point for sure. Yeah. Okay, keep going, girl. Well, that's it. That's all the cast. Yeah. We've talked about John Landis before. I don't know if we need to go through his nah, we've done back catalogue. Yeah. Just Sorry, just touch on the Twilight saga. So he, uh, there, was, uh, there was some deaths in the film, essentially, and it never was never released. Is that correct? No, the film, the Twilight Zone. He was directing uh, one of his. There was a was a film that was a what's it called when there's many short movies? Like it was a, and it was Spielberg directed one, and Landis directed one, and mm. some other famous director directed another story, an anthology. And yep. in the one where he is directing, it was uh, a, a quite a well known actor. I forget his name, but quite a well known actor at the time was he was having these flashbacks where he was going back to Vietnam and they had, they had a scene where there was a, a helicopter crash and they had brought one of the women who was one of the uh, working on in the, in the crew, they had their kids that they had used because they weren't under the, because it was a, a risky stunt. You weren't allowed to use proper child actors. So he brought these two family members on to play these roles because they could get it through the uh, the union, and the helicopter, which was a proper helicopter with a proper fucking rotor, mm. fell and landed on the oh. actor and on the two kids, oh, killing geez. them, oh. killing them on the set. Right? Wow! And it was this massive, massive thing. Yeah. Like he went, he went to court. Like he was, he was, yeah. it was brutal. I'm trying to remember what the guy's name was. It'll come to me. It'll come to me tonight. Oh, but I have. I remember that story now. I, I would never have and, thought of it. And, me. I remember reading about this. And the scene, the scene is not in the movie, but the story is still in the Twilight Zone, the movie. Yep. So you yep. can watch it. The actor's in it, but they have cut that scene. And, Got yeah, it. decapitated all three of them. Yeah, that's uh, right. They were instantly oh, killed. God. Brutal, brutal. And, yeah, a lot of regulations and stuff were then after that on the on the whole industry. But, yeah, sneaky. So he was he was pretty much blacklisted. Almost forever, John Landis. After that, he still did make films, but he never had the same, I guess, you know, love. People didn't love him the same way since then. Yeah. Scary. Killed three people. It's crazy. Yeah. Couldn't do it today. Well, you know, probably the last time it ever really happened. Mm. 
Yeah. So anyway, any what about budget and stuff, Gal? All right, here we go. So this movie did 30.7, 30.5 domestically, 30.7 internationally, and 61 million overall worldwide on a $10 million budget. So not bad. 3.7 million on its opening weekend. Yep. Uh, it was actually came in number eight for that year money-wise. We've done 81 before, but uh, but the top the top earner of that year was obviously Raiders of the Lost Ark with 367.5 million. Yeah, it's an interesting year. Yep. For your eyes only, 195 million on Golden Pond. Only. Yep. Stripes, Arthur, Fort Apache, the Bronx. But look, the, the awards that year, Chariots of Fire won four awards, including Best, Best Picture. Picture. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark had five awards on Golden Pond, and Reds had three. Arthur had two. Uh, yeah, so Best Picture was Chariots of Fire. Best Director was Warren Beatty for Reds. Best Actor, Henry Fonda and Catherine Hepburn, uh, respectively, for On Golden Pond. Mate, underrated movie. That's a Goob's yeah. favourite. Yeah. Uh, grew up with On Golden Pond. Really have a sweet spot for it. Yeah. Watched it, a lot, watched it with my nan. One of the very uh, few last sort of memories I have of my grandmother. Uh, very powerful film. Yeah, it is. Very sad. I, I wouldn't have watched it since the early 80s yeah. either. I wouldn't but mind I, giving I, it another yeah. crack. It's on yeah. Plex. I've, I've, I've downloaded it again. Another nostalgic uh, rush for me. Yeah. Yeah. How's that, gal? Is that it? Yeah, that's it. Okay. 1981. Hit, sleeper, or dud. And you know what? I actually found it very difficult to find a legitimate dud for this year. And I don't know whether you guys did. So I did a hit and I did two sleepers. Okay, so the hit, and this is all hindsight, and I've left the big ones out. So I've left Raiders, I've left Superman, I've left all the ones you could consider to be a hit. From my perspective, a hit, Excalibur. Yes. We spoke about it the other week. Merlin the Magician helps Arthur. Unite the Britons around the round table of Camelot, even as dark forces conspire to tear were there, apart. Were there cans in Excalibur? Oh, big time. Yeah. Helen, yeah. Helen, Helen Mirren. That's was right. a lot of cans. It was another yeah. one where you sort of could get it through your parents with hiring it because it was, you know, it was really just about King Arthur. Yeah. It was a bit of, bit of a fantasy. Yeah, fantasy. Sci-fi kind it was of a thing, bit so. dark. Uh, very, very good. Really good. Very stylistic. Loved that when I was a kid. The mist, like a lot of mist. It was... Uh, very, very good. Uh, John Borman, who directed uh, Deliverance, directs this. Uh, stars Helen Mirren, uh, Mirren, Liam Neeson, and Patrick Stewart are the three main that you'd know today. The rest of them are sort of bit parts. But, yeah, excellent movie. Like, a really good take on the uh, Arthur legend. And, yeah, love it. And I've actually watched it semi-regularly. I'm not going to say all the time, but I probably watched it a few years ago uh, in, in its entirety. Uh, great movie. Really enjoyed it. <sighs> Gal? Yeah. Look, my hit for the year, uh, which we talked about in our top tens, was Gallipoli in 81. Yeah, yeah. It is such a cracker of a movie. I loved we were watching that a few weeks ago. Young Mel Gibson, every single Aussie actor you can think of, except Charles Bud Tingwell. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just just a great story. Really, really good. Uh, yeah, that was mine. Look, Mad Max 2 as well I had in there because it's, a, it's an awesome movie. And The Cannonball Run was the other ones, but I, I'm going with Gallipoli as my hit. Is is the Cannonball Run and Smokey and the Bandit the same movie? No. Okay. All right. I'm trying to remember back. I watched Cannonball Run a while ago. I, oh no, I watched Smokey and the Bandit a while ago. Cannonball Cannonball Runs Cannonball. essentially. It's Cannonball Runs essentially wacky races. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, no. Remember, remember, remember the cartoon, <laughs> the Wacky Races? I where do. You had Penelope Pit Stop and all that. It's essentially a Cannonball Run, isn't it? Uh, I'm gonna go with no, <laughs> but. Um... <laughs> No, I, I like the Cannibal Run. I haven't seen it for a while. but uh, Yeah, it might be worth having a little look at, I reckon. Yeah. A, a bit of a reissue. Uh, Dan, you got any hits? 
Yeah, do you remember guys from the Time Bandits? Oh, oh you know, yeah. I, I looked at that. I haven't yeah. seen it in so long. Yeah, Terry Gillum. Um, yeah. So obviously a very stylish and absurdist filmmaker. Uh, but, no, look, I, I, I haven't seen it for so long, but I remember really enjoying it as a kid. So oh, uh, Michael yeah. Palin was uh, was in it, the, the great. John Cleese. The, yeah, John Cleese. A lot, um, of the, Connery, lot, of the, yeah. lot of the Monty Python guys and, yeah, a, a, a lot of great British-Scottish actors at the time. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, look, worth a, a revisit. It would my my damaged brain would have to watch it to comment on it with uh, with 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 much uh, insight. But I do remember enjoying it. Yes, maybe we need to revisit that and yeah. confirm or deny whether it's a hit sleeper. Or yeah, right. can we Kenny give it to some home? Can we well. give it a demo for some homework or something? Yeah, we could do that. We'll give it. What to about the new guy, Darrow Me? Hey, Darrow Me, <laughs> go watch Time Bandit and then stick up a comment on the on the MySpace yeah. and let us know okay. what you think. Sleeper. My first one, Blowout. A movie sound recordist accidentally records the evidence that proves that a car accident was actually murder and consequently finds himself in danger. Blowout. Now, this is directed by Brian De Palma, starring John Travolta, John Travolta. Nancy Allen. This yep. is a great movie. Remember it. Yeah. Political thriller. Uh, the movie starts with a car crash and with John Travolta in the bushes recording sound. And he witnesses this car crash. And because of the sound that he's recorded, he can they can hear that there's a shot that's been, you know, shot at the car. And it's really cool. A really cool movie. Very, very De Palma. Very stylistic. Very cool. John Travolta, it's one of his best performances of all time. It's a really good movie. Well worth a watch. Really good. Yeah, I remember that. I haven't seen that in a long, long time, but I remember it being really good. Yeah, no, it's a cracker. Uh, Anyone else with a sleeper? I do. I have a sleeper that I used to love watching when I was a kid. It's Escape to Victory. Oh, yeah, is that, do you remember Sly. that? Yeah, is that Sly, Sly and Pele and yeah, and Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Oh, do you know? Did you know? Did you know? You're a big guy, oh, but you're out of shape. Um, yeah, and yeah, Pele, Bobby Moore. So that was a movie where the Allied POWs are having a soccer game against their Nazi captors. Uh, and they are planning an escape mm. out of there, and Sly gets himself involved, and he has to become the goalie because they need him to be part of the group. Yeah. He he, he um, would, I think he would definitely be the Ripley Award or the uh, Kim Mills yeah. Award in this yeah. movie. Yeah, victory. Maggie Grace. He's, he's got a bit of he's got a bit of sideways in goal movement. Yeah, he does. Um, but yeah, and uh, and there was a whole heap of alongside Pele and Bobby Moore, uh, there was a whole heap of other international, um, you know soccer superstars of the time playing the game and, mm. and doing all the um, skits and Pele does the overhead, does the overhead the overhead kick, the scissor kick, kick the yep. scissor kick. So yeah, it's, I just remember it being a really, really good flick. Yeah. No, it's still good. Dan, what you got? Uh, so mine is called that obscure object of desire. So it came in at 113th on the worldwide box office that year. And what was really interesting is that it only took $809 at the worldwide box office. So <laughs> I reckon we could have made a film and made more than $809 in 1981. So I found that very interesting. Definitely. Excellent. Have you seen it? Oh, God, no. No, excellent. Excellent. Okay. Well, okay. I've got, I've got have you got a dud gear? No, not okay, really. Cool. Well, I've got one more sleeper to finish this off, and it's Outland. Federal Marshal stationed at a mining Connolly. A federal marshal stationed at a mining colony on the Jupiter moon of Io uncovers a drug smuggling conspiracy. He gets no help from the co-workers or authorities where he finds himself marked for murder. 
Now it stars Sean Connery and Peter Boyle. Ooh. It's great. It's really, really good. And I actually remember back in the day, it got it was on TV and it was like a it was a how to host a murder mystery sort of TV thing where they had promoted it and you got to try and find who the murderer or who the killer was. This is like back in the like back in the well, this is eighty one, so it would have been in the mid eighties, I reckon. It was on channel ten and it was like a pick you had to try and find the murderer. Really cool movie. I had a bit ahead of its time. It's it's dated quite considerably in regards to how it looks, but the actual story is excellent. Really, really good. Sean Connery, it's one of his hidden gems. Nice. Yeah. So there you go. Anyone got anything else? I only that I had a little bit of PTSD when you said how to host a murder because I've <laughs> reinvented myself as a 6C in my later <laughs> years, at least in my own mind, but uh, it doesn't take much to scratch underneath the surface to uh, to I highlight. A few of them, Dan. I identify a few times when I was an utter gay lord and one of them was with you guys when we had a how to host a murder party at uh, Lachlan Imbury's house. Yes, and that was just you- me and you. That you were, oh, the G, damn it, G, you didn't yeah, get, G, you weren't G part of that. that. Well done, G. Well, yes. anyway, why did not? We got into it. We did try. We got into character. Why, why did he wore a pair of jumpers and had a massive pair of socks down his front? <laughs> so it looked like he had a huge penile device. And uh, it was, yeah. destroyed the ruse. Oh, destroyed the ruse late in the night. All the girls were like looking at this massive bulge in my front. I was wearing my mum's, my mum's size 12 jodpers with a massive footy pack of footy socks down the front of my pants. And the girls were like, what the fuck's going on here? Morgs destroyed the ruse when he bit the sock uh, late in the night. <laughs> Uh, I was kind of a bit over the whole role-playing uh, let's find the murderer and decided I'd fuck shit up. And one of them was biting him on his false knob. So, oh yeah. But uh, anyway, thank you for reminding me that I'm far from cool and never was. What, what is funny, Daniel, is that the team here at uh, at work here at uh, have, have want to do a how to host a murder party as a team bonding. Oh, God. So Bindley. Could be, Bindley, we need to talk. And, and, and I was funny because I've actually got a couple at home that had never been used. One had been used, but maybe like, fuck, 20 years ago. Yeah. One More. 20 years? Be 40, yeah. 30 years. Yeah. One yeah. that is still sealed. Listen to this. It is so old that the multimedia is a cassette. Oh, how good. How Wait, good. Morgs, when, when they brought that up, how, how quick do you reckon Whitey's hand went up to be the host of that one? <laughs> I brought it up. No, 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 no. no. I, brought, I, brought, I brought it up. I brought it up. I brought it up. Look, oh, look, also, it wasn't their idea. It was your yeah, idea. Well, I brought it up. Look, but let's, <laughs> let's be honest here. the story let's, a little. Let's be honest here. Like, I'm okay with who I am. I don't need to change every fucking five minutes to someone different. Oh, you got to reinvent. Okay, it's question time. I've got a little issue with the slaughtered lamb. Surely they don't let them leave. Yeah, that was all so odd. So odd. Why are they keeping the secret? Why why are they not well, telling people that people have been? But, but you, so my take was because the werewolves are actually people that were protecting the people that were the werewolves. The so yeah, right. that they that's, didn't. But that's but that's fine. Protect them by saying, "Hey guys, stay the night. It's dark. It's wet. Stay here the night. Everyone's safe." But maybe they need to eat otherwise because they don't they we sort of were told that david wasn't hungry ever maybe they perish because they never eat anything i don't know well i'm maybe making a, a jump a leap jump to what what that plot strand actually was about but okay, yes it was it was strange 
why then were they? Why then do they told to stay on the track and stay away from the moors? Like, yeah. why is it just out there? Because when he became a werewolf, he just ran around the whole town. Like, yeah. he could get anywhere really quick. So, and do werewolves' feet not work on asphalt? Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's no, right. They, yeah, I agree. Yeah, Gal, yeah, did I that? that did, sorry, that just with that pub. Gal, did that remind you of the pub in Cardiff where we watched the Rugby World Cup? Uh, quarterfinal Australia versus yes, Wales. Yes, it was kind of it was similar clientele, and we went in there with our mate Roy and a couple of Canadian blokes, uh, and the artist formerly known as Parky, and we were in there, and the game was on. No, no Morgs, it was only the four mm. of us. It was me and you and Roy and Randy. Oh, sorry, Parky, you weren't there. Um, we were there, and it was <laughs> reach out, Parky. It's not too late. We were in there, and it was. <laughs> It was very quiet, and then Australia scored, and we all leapt up, screaming, excited, and it felt like a pin could drop in the pub, and we like got looked at of, by. Mm. Yeah. No, the two of us jumped and screamed, yes, as the pub <laughs> fell flat silent. That's right. And then Roy, who's a big guy, you know, a big medicine, and I just remember standing beside him, and just he just took a step to the right. <laughs> just a step away from us. <laughs> Cockhead. <laughs> but... um. But those guys were awesome. You know, they just, as soon as we started chatting to them, they bought us beers all night. They wanted us to go surfing with them, Matt. I remember that. Morgan That's right. Yeah, it was. And stuff and, it was. No, yeah, they, it was but crazy. yeah, we thought we were dead, but they just turned into absolute legends. So, but I remember thinking that it was a fairly unwelcoming experience. I'm not unlike David and uh, old mate Chop Liver. Yeah. Okay. So your mates being attacked, do you just turn and run? Yeah, he just legged it, didn't he? He was gone. Yeah. And then, and then, Gets guilty and then turns around and runs back. Like, yeah, it was was not a great look. Is it one of these things where you like you'd like to think you'd stay, but you don't know? And he failed. What's the name of that? I'm not sure what he could have done. The film that sure was the, the it's a European film. It's just been remade not that long ago with Will Ferrell and um, oh, Julia Louis Dreyfus. Uh, is it uh, down something down? Oh, down. it's a, it's it's literally about that moment. So yes, uh, it's a, there's an avalanche and Will Ferrell essentially runs off and lets his have, lets have his family seen, die. Have you seen the real footage of that? No, there's oh, it's from a thing. Oh, mate, it's legitimate real footage. The dad right. fucking is out of there and the and the kids and the he literally throws the kid out of the way. <laughs> Of this, of the avalanche coming down the mountain, oh, and yes. the mum and the kids, and the dad just legs it. Yeah, yeah you would flight, like huh? to yeah. think that that is not you, but yeah, final flight kicks in, and uh, wow, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Okay, okay. So, what what's the ethical situation with Nurse Price taking a patient home and boning him after four minutes? So, not only that, but he's asleep for three weeks, like he's in a coma. Yeah, well, and and he wakes up. And he's only been away for three days. Yeah, and she's like, "Yep, come stay at my place." Yeah, I, I, I don't know whether. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just like I picture Gao. Right, Gao's in this moment, and Gao, Gao back then he would have pulled Jenny Agutter. Like he, he pulled off <laughs> definitely, her. So, definitely. But there's just one part of that scene where Jenny Agutter says. I'm going to go take a shower. Would you like to watch TV? <laughs> and I could just sit down and stop it on the couch, flicking on the TV. Gail was never she big never on cues. Quite happy. Gail was never big on cues. <laughs> oh, the cheer man, what a legend. He would have been, would have got there eventually. She would have got uh, a rogering. What would have happened? She would have been in the shower for 25 minutes and then opened the door and said, Hey, Gail, <laughs> Fuck me! 
Hang on, I'm just watching the end of this on BBC One. So, uh, why, why didn't so why didn't David Kessler get out of the bed? Is that the bed? <laughs> the bed. Uh, I, I got another. I, I'm just going to add on to this, and I don't know whether we've got it. I think I might have it on Good, the Bad, the Ugly. But we're going to. I'm going to. So he's in a coma for three weeks. Where the fuck is his family? Oh, mate, I wrote that down. Like, where the fuck is his family? Actually, I had, a, I had another thought on this too. Uh, well, because we were, but they, I, it was debunked because I think they did get in contact with them. But we used to go months without contacting anyone back home when we were over there. It just wasn't a thing. So I can kind of. Yeah, but hang on, but hang, hold on. He got he his He's... mate got killed by what they believe was a psycho, psycho. out in the loops, and. <laughs> And he's badly, but he's and he's in a coma for three weeks, and his family don't come back. And there's no, there's no press either. No, there's it's nothing. just two cops, and yeah. one cop goes, "Yeah, it all seems pretty plausible." The yeah, move, on, move on, move on, move on, move on. Like, it was, like, it was interesting, that's for sure. Yeah, well, I, I was the first thing I go, when they go, it's three weeks. I'm like, surely his mum and dad are there. <laughs> but later, and he rings his little brother and goes, "Hey, mum and dad home?" Yeah. He's like, nah. "Nah." He's like, "Oh, well, tell them I love them." Yeah. Just be careful of the werewolf Nazis that are going to come through the door. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. So you're being visited by your dead best friend who's telling you to take your life as you're a werewolf. Do you believe him or do you wait and murder nine other people? Nah. Uh, no. Well, how could he know? I mean, he didn't know that he wasn't having flashbacks, right? That's the whole thing. He's like, am I going crazy? Because mm. his mate turns up in his dreams because mm. he was having the other dreams too. Remember, he's running through the forest and all that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, so yeah. I think he's thinking, I'm, I'm going crazy here like it's I, you, I, I think i've seen this and everyone's telling you no you haven't and then his mate goes no you gotta you gotta kill yourself like that's the only way it's the only it's, way. it's difficult to judge how you would react from david norton's performance in this film because there is absolutely no nuance in his performance whatsoever so i don't have a fucking clue what he's thinking yeah. or what his motivations are the entire time because he's shit out spoiler alert no he's 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 blinded by the poon tank. He just wants to root the whole time. He's just, he's a horny 22-year-old. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't also understand the bit where where he found out when they're in the cab. They're on the way to see the doctor. The doctor said, bring him in like there's some issues here. Yeah. And you think he'd be going, okay, cool. The doctor wants to see me to sort this out. And then he finds out that six people died. Then he legs it out of the cab. Yeah. And tries to get arrested, which was Yeah, because he, then, he really then he believes that he knows, he knows yeah. he's a werewolf. After he after he comes home from the zoo and he's got the jacket on, he knows he's a werewolf. I don't know what I did last night. I don't remember, but all these people are dead. And again, he woke up in the in the den. Yeah, of the wolves. Of the wolves. And when he gets out of it, there's people walking all around the the zoo, but no one seems to notice the nude guy. Yeah, in with the wolves. Well, he's the great the great balloon thief. <laughs> it was odd, but anyway. Yes. All right, did you – what? Sorry, one last bit about David's nudity. Did you notice the side dick a la Ben Affleck? Absolutely, running yeah. through the, the forest. There was there Damo. Was... Damo, I know you're very into side dick. There's actually if – you, if you pause when he's running around in the bushes, there's definitely a side dick moment. But unfortunately, he had a fourie, so they were unable to do a yes. close-up. Yes. Uh, they couldn't do front, full frontal dick no. because they'd said in the – when the pervert nurse looked under the fucking sheet – that he's Jewish, so he'd been circumcised. Yeah. Well, they cast him as Jewish, so yes. then he couldn't do the full front. Do you think that's a th – we know lots of nurses, and they're awesome, and I, I'm in awe of the oh. job that nurses do. But are they are they, they sneak and looks at your cock when you're in there? What, what do you think? Let's move into the categories. The good, the bad, 
and the ugly. And we'll start with you, G-Man. What do you got for good? The good. I, look, I really liked – I know it probably hasn't stood the test of time. I really liked the transformation scene. Yeah, I agree I remember you. being a kid and just like all of that, the, the, the paws getting longer, the hands getting longer, the face yeah. changing, the, the, the teeth coming out, the face – and just thinking that was just crazy. That was the really scary. I mean, a lot of this movie must have really hurt. Yeah, and he's screaming. You know, obviously As he's screaming, he's burning going, up, oh, and I'm then, hurting. Yeah, yes. But uh, you know, a lot of the a lot of this is like Jaws, where the you know, the gory parts are implied. There's not a lot of gory scenes in it. Yeah, well, bits and pieces, but a lot of it is implied, right? And so just watching that, I remember thinking, wow, that's just that's full on. It just sort yeah. of way ahead of its time. It yeah, way ahead of its time. First yeah. movie ever to win best makeup. Yeah, so it was the first year of the award. It was obviously a clear winner. You got you. Pro- I don't know. You guys probably have got it. The Rick Baker was blowing up because he spent like yeah weeks and weeks and weeks on the face transformation, and they used seven seconds of it. Yeah, but then yeah. the audience clapped. Yeah, and he was, the like, movie, yeah, so he was like, "Oh, sweet." Yeah. They got was Rick Baker the dude that was in R two D two? That's Kenny Baker. Oh, right. Yeah, it's his brother. Yeah. Anything else, Gal? Um, look, I actually like the ending, and when I say that, I mean that it sort of it leaves you it leaves you hanging like they they kill him. There's a couple that we'll talk about in bad about that, but yeah. Um, but the fact that that's over and like you, you don't see, you know, when she's standing at the end and she's sort of saying, I love you, you're thinking there may be some sort of redemption here, but there's not. No, and that's did. it. And then yeah. bang. And then it just leaves it all to your imagination about what's going on or just, just finish. I, I kind of like that. Yeah. I like the way it ends. Yeah. What about you, Dan? What do you got for good? Yeah, I, I really struggle for good. Um, the Jenny Agatha rooting in the shower, obviously, was probably my favorite bit of the film. Um, and just uh, we've been force fed sex scenes in Hollywood movies for our entire lives, but there was something I don't know, there's something a little bit different about this one, mm. so uh, yeah, very enjoyable. And apparently, it was cut down pretty heavily, the censors got involved, and uh, John Landis liked to get his freak on, and uh, they had to had to remove quite a bit of nudity in the, in that scene. But no, I thought it was an excellent, um, excellent shower scene, even though if it did remind me of the G watching telly in the other room. Um, yeah, I had exactly what you had. I had the final scenes when he's cornered in London and there's finally some tension and uh, I, I finally buy into the film a bit and then he's shot and there's no resolve. I was like, right, okay, that, that actually had me had me uh, in some sort of grip for a little while, but it took a lot of the film to get to that point. Um, and I also enjoyed the film within the film, See You Next Wednesday, you which next was good. Shot by John Landis as well. He didn't bother getting any off-the-rack porn. He went and made his own using a uh, page three cover girl who went on to star in the adult industry on the back of this film within the film called See You Next Wednesday. But he even set up the film. I, I, w- I was looking at all the posters in the tube, um, all, the, all the advertising posters, because it really dates the film and it was interesting. There was a lot of Wendy's burger stuff there. And But, yeah, there was this See You Next Wednesday would kept popping up. And I was like, I didn't remember. I was like, I wonder what that is. And, yeah, that's, the payoff, that's something the that recurs really throughout John Landis's movie. See you next Wednesday. I think it appears in ah. different forms throughout some of his. But um, it was so like, what about? I asked you not to do this. She's <laughs> like, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> like, oh, okay, and he just turns around and walks out. It's like the worst of the yeah. worst porn awesome. movies yeah. ever. I made. I thought it was on tone for the entire film. I thought that was that was <laughs> that was it was a highlight. It was, it highlight. was definitely uh, similar to some of the other characters' reactions. But yeah, that that was my three goods. It was up there with Emmanuel. <laughs> oh, gee. Leave it alone. Uh, look, I I really like the whole Piccadilly Circus scene. Yep. I think that's excellent. I think from the minute he goes into the the porno theater, yep. I think the movie's great. That's ex- I reckon it's really good into the film there, and that that's really cool. 
Uh, with you, yeah, the transformation is great, even though it, it, I don't even think it's even that real dated. Like, it, there's, it's still pretty good today. It's pr- pretty damn good. Uh, I like the mix of the mix of horror and comedy, even though it wasn't as funny this time as I remember. Mm. I, I remember that I found it to be funnier as I as a younger man, uh, but I didn't find it to be that funny. No, uh, I found it, and at ninety seven minutes, it's right at the brink. Like if it goes any longer, I think it it does really begin to feel draggy with me. So I think ninety seven minutes is a good. Yeah, like it they. It was probably it probably could have been ninety minutes to be honest. It probably there were seven minutes that you probably could have cut out. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Just getting back to that, when they filmed in Piccadilly Circus, they couldn't they couldn't get the permits. They couldn't get it done. So John Landis actually got a filming of the Blues Brothers because it only came out the year before and got like three hundred police to view it and like got them a screening of it. And lo and behold, they got a few hours to shoot in Piccadilly yeah, Circus in Tottenham Court. Of course, bribery will get you everywhere. Uh, okay, what about the bad? And we'll start with you, Dan. What do you got? Yeah, I had a couple of bads. So David Norton, I just had him. I, I thought he had a charisma bypass. Like I just didn't gel with him as the lead man at all. I didn't. I thought it was a weird performance. I thought he was a weird choice. I didn't get it. The comedy, it's because you you read the write-ups of this film and it's lauded for its blend of comedy and horror. Where was the fucking comedy? I didn't. I don't. It was very subtle, if it was. So. Yeah. Didn't didn't make an impression on me at all. So um, yeah, very weird. David Norton, very strange choice. But then the pub name as well. So I just thought again of my mate G, who is way better at making up pub names than these clowns. So it's uh, the slaughtered lamb. Yeah, okay, it's, it's slightly interesting. But what about some of these doozies uh, in in Morshland in Ayrshire, Ayrshire, Ayrshire? There's one called. Pussy Nancy's, Pussy Nancy's, P-O-O-S-I-E, Nancy's, um, which I think is funny. Um, there's a drunken duck, the drunken duck in Ambleside, Cumbria, and I think a drunken duck's pretty funny. Um, there's the bull and spectacles in Blythesbury in Staffordshire, which which the dog and bollocks, Gow's favourite uh, favorite made-up uh, pub. Uh, the gate hangs well. In Siston in Leicester, and that's a shout out to our friend Ant Meehan, who's a big fan of the pod. He enjoyed drinking in the gate hangs well, not hanging them so well himself. There's another one called the Elusive Camel, which I thought was a bit strange <laughs> for a UK pub name. Uh, Filthy McNasties, which I'm sure we had a snake bite in at one stage, G Man. Um, not can't remember where it was, but just remember it. But then for is David, that one, is that the one that's near the chippy? It could have been near the chippy. I might have been. You might have been. I might have left you in filthy McNasties as I jumped back on the tube to go home at a sensible hour, whilst you were ingesting about another thirty beers. You pisshead. Uh, but finally, in uh, homage to David's side dick in in the forest, there's a pub called Dirty Dicks which I would have enjoyed a pint in for sure. So, yeah, I, I just think they uh, they maybe will stay out a bit with the slaughtered lamb. What about what about the duck's nuts in Newcastle? Yes. <laughs> Always a joke. Nuts. We've all uh, had a good time at the duck's nuts. Okay, G, what about you for bad? Uh, look, we've, we've gone through a few of the bad. And just getting back to the final scene, I've got a couple here, but one is the final scene where Alex – Runs past all the cops. Now they seem to stay 
quite a long way away with their guns cocked. Right, they don't get closer to this animal that's that's trapped down there. She runs down in between the alley and then says, "I love you, I love you," and then they just shoot past her mm. without hitting her. I can't imagine anywhere that people, cops are just going to shoot towards someone that's standing in front of them. Mm. But, you know, I found that a, a bit odd. Um, the fact that there were two nights in a row that that they were having a full moon. Yes. You know, like there should only be one full moon night, right? And then there was the second night. No, they had to get the story in, but it just seemed to, like I was watching it thinking, why Why is he going again? Like it's not a, it's not a cycle. It's the one night. Um, the other one was the doctor. Mm. Now, he took a drive out to Morgs' territory. Sherlock Holmes. Um, yeah, he, he starts investigating. He's out, he's out on the land and it's pissing with rain and he gets out of the car very slowly, gets a second jacket out finally, puts that over his shoulders, then gets out his umbrella and just leaves the umbrella tied up and then just walks with it into the pub and puts the jacket over his head. It was really odd. <laughs> That's really deep. odd. That's deep oh, dive, mate. Gal. That's a deep dive. My take on that, Gal, was the Pommies are so used to it raining that they're actually not that affected by it when it pisses down. It's a bit like Melbournians, how they go to any outdoor event. There'll be 100,000 at the MCG when it's a torrential hailstorm. They're just into it. So whilst they may take the necessary apparel, they don't actually use it. Mate, he's 30 steps from the pub door and he takes 15 seconds to get out of the pub, put on a second jacket and then get the umbrella and not use it. Not so bright. I've already talked about the slaughtered lamb folk and uh, that that annoyed me a little bit. But David in the first transformation says as soon as the the moon goes full, he's he looks like Morgs after five minutes on the land in January. Oh, yeah. He's sweating it up. Visible yeah. cake. Visible cake everywhere. Yeah. But then he's like, I'm heating up. And he starts to take his clothes off, right? Why is he taking his clothes off? Shouldn't he just hulked it and just, like, been like the American werewolf yeah. in jeans? Yeah. Like, why is he taking his pants off? He's, like, well, undoing the zipper. He's taking his pants off. And he gets them off. Well, I thought that was because he said, I'm, I'm burning up. Yeah, but so, he start, so he's trying to rip the clothes, but it was really odd. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Like the Hulk. The Hulk never took his gear off to become the Hulk. Yeah. Just Hulk it. I also thought with that scene that he turns into the werewolf. How does he get out of the apartment? Yeah, I was thinking exactly that. Like how, does, how does he get his massive paw around the door? And there's two doors to get yeah, through. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was thinking exactly that. I'm thinking she's going to come in. There must be a smash window, but there's no smash window. Why didn't he just go up the hall if there's people up the hall? Yeah. yeah. Look, there's a few. Look, surprisingly, in a werewolf movie, there's a couple plot holes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Surprisingly. How's, okay, um, uh, have you, you guys said what we do in the shadows? Uh, the, yes. yes. Oh, God. The, when the werewolves Excellent. come in, that's that's funny. Excellent. Mm-hmm. Very, very good. Okay. Uh, ugly G-Man. Uh, no, I think we've pretty much covered, covered everything yep. in there, in, in the bad and, and our okay. previous chat. Daniel Ugly. I had everyone in this film except for Jenny Agatur, uh, ugly both physically and in performance. And I also, the fact that Warren Zevon's song, which I was frothing out on hearing the entire time, was released some four years earlier and does not feature in this film. It must be incredible being in your brain. Like you, you have, you've developed this like morgue reality. Where oh, I can, I can will you, things. I've, you are... Because this is like the second or third time where you've thought that you. It wasn't the other week where you were thinking, "Is that little home midget, yeah. uh, home Christian midget in the tree?" Uh, I thought and it that, was yeah. uh, Big Trouble Little China. Yeah, Golden Child. Like, you're in kicking Big it. Trouble These silhouettes kicking it. 
And it's like, mate, you just you've got this alternate reality. I, I want to go into Morg's land. My brain. Morgs has, always, Morgs has always said that he, he can't remember what happened 20 minutes ago, no, let alone 20 years that's ago. Yeah, it's, I, I'm fighting this. It's very difficult for me to participate in these things because of how I've uh, broken my brain over the years. But I do, my brain is very powerful. Like I, I often can wake up in the morning and think that I played one day cricket for Australia and I batted under Dean Jones in the uh, in the lineup. It's just a constant recurring theme. Um, well, and you batted, no, I think I think where you got it wrong is you batted over Dean Jones. <laughs> Both, in fact, uh, and it, yeah, and it can also make me not go to the gym, but tell me that I've I've done even more than go to the gym by not going to the gym. So it's a it's a very powerful powerful part of me. Yeah. Um, okay, I've I've got one. I've got two ugly. We've spoken about it already. The nurse checking out David's old fella. Right, that's not on. <laughs> not on and not only that i think where you were alluding to dan about mm. gal being in a coma for three weeks and then going home and sitting on the couch and watching um you know uh maud an episode of maud and then uh, there's maud and then Gal, there's more. If, you're telling me, if you're telling me that that uh, Nurse Price finds Gao attractive after him being in a coma for three weeks, he would have done 600 farts in that coma, right? There is no way that Nurse Price is going. The old gentleman. What was that show called? The Life and Times of Grizzly Adams. Grizzly Adams. Yeah, that, that bear. That was how Gao used to fart like. Gentle Ben. Oh, your brain does go to some places, Morgs, doesn't it? But I, you know what I found about that too was when he said, I don't want to be alone, so they just send a nurse in. Now the nurse has got to be yeah. working. Real sick really people hard. to be tended to, and she's just there, like kicking back, looking at his dick. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll, read you the, I'll read you the book. I got, I got one more ugly, uh, which is, is also a good the, – the whole porn scene, the, like the porn scene is, is ugly because it's just – I cannot fathom that people used to go to cinemas to watch porn oh, and pull their good. dicks, right? How good. I cannot fathom that. The best part of that is how they're all lined up and they start telling him how they're going to kill himself. I thought that's that part of that movie is, is great. And I said that, that, that whole part. But I, it blows me away, no pun intended, that people would go into a cinema to masturbate. That was you did that was you, that's that was all you, if you wanted to see something with dynamic pictures, that's where you had to go. There wasn't the, the VHS market hadn't kicked off, and that's why Boogie Nights. That's why it got destroyed because yeah. people got out of the films and uh, and into videos. So yeah, I, I, it would be would be rather strange, but um, yeah, yes. yeah, some weirdos. There, there were no guilt years in the seventies. I give you the tip. God no. Just another little thought on that. Like when when all the people line up, like he kills those six people, so they all they all turn up with his mate, yep. and he's like, "You got to kill yourself." Like all these people happen. How come there was no one else for the other wolf? Well, because he they were only he they were only attached to him, so they were his bloodline, right? So they were okay. only attached to him. Yeah. No, but his mate got killed, right, by the other wolf. Oh yeah, good point. Right, and then and then he got. Cut by it, but then his mate goes, "Mate, you got to kill yourself." And well, it must be the line people, of the wolf. So, there's no other people that that wolf has killed. The so he must, one. he must be the last ah, werewolf. Yeah. So yeah, he must yeah, be the last yeah. werewolf. I think we've exhausted all that. Let's move into Morgz's quick fight. Did you see the photo of Daniel? Did I post up the photo of Daniel Day Lewis the other day walking through New York with his missile? 
No. It was he, he sort of had shit long hair like me. He was wearing age-inappropriate clothes like me and just looking like a fuckstick like me. So, oh, uh, I, did, yeah. I did see that. Yeah, yes, I did see yeah that photo. It, was, it was confronting. He doesn't but, get cited often, does he? He's no, like, no. He's like, he's like me. He's out in the land. But, uh, yeah, we'd obviously said, yeah, I haven't seen you for a while, Danny, but I hope you're well, but you look shit house in that. So, speak soon, well, mate. He's retired now, so he just doesn't give a shit anymore. No. So there's so many parallels. <laughs> <laughs> Quick fire, that's not a knife. Michael J. Crocodile Dundee for a scene that's passed over into popular culture. I don't know. No, uh, it's it's no. such a I mean, the the whole John Landis special effects won an Oscar. This is what Michael Jackson saw and got yes. Landis to direct the thriller clip, which is way more I mean, that thriller clip has is as famous as Michael J. Crocodile Dundee, if not more famous, but this movie, which was the precursor to that, I don't know, not so much. No, I, I find anything other than the thriller uh, line with it that could be pop culture. There's nothing in the movie. No. The transformation scene, the makeups, the makeup effects. Like, I don't know, like, but you're, you're really clutching at straws here. Okay, agreed. I couldn't agree with me more. Philip Stuckey in Pretty Woman, Jason Alexander's character, for the biggest douchebag in the film. I mean, the, the, all, all the guys in the pub. Uh, were, were were pretty douchebaggery. Anyone else jumped out for you? U.S. Yeah. Embassy guy. US he was Embassy yeah. Frank Oz no. was a bit of a douchebag. Definitely the that's enough guy. Yeah, he was. He that's was enough. That's enough. Yeah, that's yeah. Alien Three guy. That's Alien Three guy. Yep, excellent. Agreed. Cast of Caddyshack or Jennifer Jason Lee for an actor or entire cast that aren't quite sure what movie they're in, as evidenced by not really getting the tone of the flick. I would have to argue that uh, there are a lot of people in this film that aren't quite sure. Even my favourite, Jenny Agatur, has a weird... Uh, I, I don't know if she she's finding it hard to work with the other actors, but I, I, the whole thing just felt on the nose for me throughout, if, whether it was the dialogue or the characters themselves. I don't know. What do you guys think? I think it's hard because I think there is so little for everyone else to do, really, rather than David. Mm. And and Nurse Price, uh, I think she's they're the only two people really. I think that you could you could I reckon you could almost say that the Doctor feels like he's in another movie, if he thinks he's in a Sherlock Holmes movie. Yeah, he does. It's yeah, a little, it, little strange how he it was an odd one that the cops didn't go to investigate it that the Doctor did. Yeah, it was just the, yeah, but yeah, I thought it was odd that he came back from the from the wolves and then he just joked and laughed around like it wasn't really. Anything had gone wrong that night. And, and I put that on the director. I, I, the director wasn't getting the performances that were aligned, shall we say. So, uh, yes. yeah, okay. Uh, Good O. Next one was a change up. Maggie Grace running from the uh, character in Taken, Liam Neeson's daughter, who can't run for shit. Anyone in this one that was particularly poor of athletic prowess? David Kessler's running wasn't real great. Took off at the well. He did he's very upright. Yeah, he's very, very upright. upright. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to say that the werewolf in the subway scene when he comes out, when you're looking yeah. down the escalator, it's quite obvious that it's a robot. <laughs> it's just coming out. You know, you can actually see a foot. You can actually see a foot pushing it along. Yeah. if you look close enough. Yeah. So I just, that that guy running, he wasn't great. And and he's 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 probably the one. Yeah, he falls subway guy. He falls in. What about when he's down at the bottom and he hears the noise and he goes, "I'm going to report this." Yeah, <laughs> like, like that's going to stop someone. He was a twat. 
He was a twat. And when he yeah, when he, he flung his briefcase onto the uh the escalator as well, that was yeah, fairly poor. That's the bit I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. premeditated. Yeah, totally agree. Well done, gents. Uh robot sentries for an extra scene that you would like to see that maybe tells us a little bit more about the world, about the characters, about their predicament, a la Robot Sentries from the Magnificent Director's Cut of Aliens, where we find out about how much shit the Space Marines are in by the sheer volume of aliens about to attack. Was there anything more you wanted to know about this film? I needed to know heaps. What did, what did you guys need to know? Yeah, look, you could easily say no, right? But it would have been good to get more of the lore behind the werewolf like more of what's going on at the slaughtered lamb more of that like you don't get anything no just that there's a been one running out there and we don't know why and yeah. it's just they all just don't want to talk about it yeah would have been good to get more of the lore i think yeah but i think it doesn't need to be any longer than 97 minutes so what do you cut out yeah i i wholeheartedly agree i need to know a little bit more why these guys were so shit scared to save people that didn't didn't make sense, wasn't plausible. Um, but yes, I also didn't want it to be more than ninety seven minutes. Yes. So uh, yeah, very good call. Um, excellent, boys. Rocking through. Last one. Why is Brad Pitt? Now it's pretty obvious in this one who you'd like to do squat thrusts in the cucumber patch with. But I was there. Anyone else? <laughs> um, I mean, did I, I find Jenny Agatha remarkably attractive, striking. Yeah. Strikingly beautiful. Yeah. Who do we know yeah. with that kind of turned up nose? Yeah. Um was it did Sharon Bound have that feature? Yeah, you know what? Yeah, a little she bit. She looked different. Might be a bit of young bit. Sharon. Shout out to you, Sharon. And, and you know what it is? She's got she's got the perfect English accent. Yeah. She's yes. English rose. Like yeah. Yeah. It yeah. is not the the scouse accent. It is not the Cockney accent. No. It's just the the really Posh. Pretty posh. Middle London accent. Yeah, yeah, just a really beautiful English accent. And it just goes perfectly with her. Yes. Um, yeah, so I, I think we'll all have our own private moments thinking about Jenny Agatha from 1981. Ooh. But uh, anyone else in there that uh, floated your boat, White? No, nah, maybe the bird in the porn, in the porno. She had, she had a pretty massive rack. <laughs> Excellent. She looked like she was up for it. She didn't know who she was doing or what she was doing. You, you uh, may have hit the pause button a couple of times there. Well, let's just say, you know, I, I you know, I saw her next Bring Wednesday. You to focus. I saw her next Wednesday. <laughs> Fantastic. Gentlemen, that was quick fire. Well done. Okay, well done. Okay, now we're going to slide quickly into listen to this. Uh, G-Man. We've hit everything. We've pretty much hit everything that I had down here for listen to this. Yep. We talked about Dan Aykroyd and, and John Belushi. We talked about Piccadilly Circus. Yep. Um, side dick. We talked about side look, dick. The, the other Damn one I had here was that some of the songs, obviously Bad Moon Rising is is in this and so is Van Morrison's Moon Dance. Um, they actually wanted to have Cat Stevens' Moon Shadow in there. Yep. Um, but he wouldn't allow it. Do you know why? Yeah, because he turned to, he became Muslim. Yeah, but do you know actually really why? Why? Because he actually believes werewolves yeah. exist. That's the other part. Cat Stevens. Yusuf Islam. Mm. Well played, son. Yeah, but uh, but they also wanted Dylan's version of Blue Moon, and he said no as well. Yeah. What about uh, David's red puffer jacket is a nod to Little Red Riding Hood? Oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. And and how much how much of the movie do you think that uh, David Kessler spends nude? It's a fair bit. <laughs> it's a it's, fair it's a bit. bit. Yeah. Fifty percent of the movie. Wow. 
Yeah. Pretty good, eh? Very good. <laughs> uh, so all the people gathered around the porno theatre, they had no idea what was going on. So when the cop runs out and says there's an animal in there, there's an animal in there, they all those reactions are real because they're banging against the, th- the, the door. No one actually knew what was going on. Yep. So it was all real reactions, which is pretty cool. It's one of the best part of the directing that John Landis does to evoke that. Pretty cool. Here's one for you. When John Landis first showed the producers the movie, they, were, they looked at it and they said, oh, look, it's a bit too gory. You need to tone down the gore a little bit. So he took it away and came back and gave them the same version. Yeah. And they looked and went, much better. That's much better. <laughs> and it is it is John Landis's personal favourite film his of favorite. his own. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I reckon that's about it. Okay. Let's go to quotables. Not a hell of a lot of quotables in this. No. Stay got- on the road. Keep clear of the moors. Yeah. I will not be threatened by a walking meatloaf. Yeah. And then... See, I remember... I do you a meatloaf, Jack. (laughs) It's funny you mentioned that one because I remember that from when we were kids. Like, so that was something that was said in the playground back at Donburn Primary School in uh, East Doncaster. It was definitely when you had to pretend like you'd seen this movie, even though I was years of actually seeing it, that was something that kids used to say to reference this movie for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And and I do and I do love that. Have you ever tried talking to a corpse? It's boring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, there's not a lot in there. Let's move into film school for Fwits. Yes, away. thank you, uh, fellow F. It's good to be back. Uh, film school this week, a little little bit of a left turn at the fork in the road, but I thought we'd look at other shit things that Gow likes, seeing he chose this fucking film. I thought we'd just take a little little look at our uh, our, our fellow critique, Mr. Uh, Mr. G Money. So uh, why do you can chime in too with, uh, with anything that the G uh, likes that is particularly uh, rooted? Uh, the first one was Cold Frankfurt sausages so he loves to get these things down you know those you get the pack of about 60 of of bums lips assholes and toenails that they turn into a meat and make them that lovely doesn't occur naturally color of of dog cock red the jew will be often seen scoffing those down cold maybe with a bit of sauce maybe not but uh yeah that's a shit thing gal likes uh, he likes. I take those down. My boys love that's, it. Hey, hey, hey! I'm not passing judgments. I'm just telling people Dan- that shit things that you like. Daniel, shit yeah. things is passing judgment. Calling you, it shit you, things is passing judgment. Oh, so, to, okay, I'll I'm gonna to, I'll change it to other things Gow likes. All right. What about okay? To, sorry, you're supposed you to save the absolute worst thing that he does to last. <laughs> Okay. And you come out of the blocks with him yeah, eating. He's come out swinging. Cold Frankfurt. No, I just I'll... for thirty fucking years has made me ill. It, it's gross. It's so gross. I I actually don't mind those on a hot dog every 10, 12 years. Like I'll I'll get one of them down when it's hot and with tomato sauce and mustard. But yeah, to scoff them cold, what a fuckwit. Um, next one, uh, other other things Gal likes <laughs> books about hard blokes. So Lenny the Governor, Andy McNabb, Lee oh, Charles, McNabb. G, Jack Reacher books. If they're about a hard bloke, Gal fucking loves those books. Why do? Yeah, yeah. No, he's big on the hard books, to hard be, books and hard movies. To be fair, the Andy McNabb books were a real story when he was actually in the in the. They were the hard. Yes. <laughs> Well, it was the story of him behind the lines and being tortured. But, yes, we'll run with that, Morgs. 
All right. The next one is a gal, obviously known as a fashionista to all of us, but there's one particular brand that he loves over them all, and that is Botany Bay. The Botany Bay trainer tracksuit pant from the the mass fashion outlet Lowe's, Lowe's, has been a mainstay for the G ever since I've known him some 35 years. He's been running these things. They've normally got... Uh, quite a a, um, a, a pronounced stain. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there are stains of unknown origin all over the front of these things, but that won't stop our friend the G from running them at uh, a soiree or cleaning the pool. <laughs> what was happening? I wore them when I was a pool cleaner. That yeah, that, no. was, that was what it came from. They, they were chlorine. They were chlorine stains. I'll tell you what, like, shout out to Botany Bay, but they make a great pant. A great pant. Quality. I, I gathered I don't at, think gathered think at the hem. If they gathered if they, at the hem. A gathered hem. If they gathered have the hem. if they have elastic around your guts, they're not a pant. Next one, uh, another shit thing Gal likes, or sorry, other thing Gal likes. Leaving his fries to last. When he orders oh, a burger and fries, so this drives us fucking mental. Fuck so this ass clown will sit there and eat things in order, so that he leaves every like he'll have his burger and he'll eat the whole burger. And then if there's a bit of salad, he'll eat the salad, and then he will leave his fries till absolutely like, won't have one. Like won't even have a taster. He just leaves the whole fries there. So all the rest of us, being normal red blooded folk have scoffed everything all at once and we've enjoyed the fries, we've enjoyed the burger, we've got it all down. And then this fuckwit's got a whole plate of fries that he'll then eat one by one with his tiny little fucking teeth and just mocking us with his ability to keep this food there till the end. And he's been doing it 35 years. So that's another shit you know, thing, I, Alex. I, um, I have no rebuttal to that. No rebuttal. But I, I would like to say that uh, I do remember after we came back from our first stint overseas. So we've been overseas for oh, 15 months, hadn't seen some of our friends. We went down and got a sweet hamburger from Wheeler Heights shops. And I hadn't seen Plims for all that time. <laughs> and we sat down at Whitey's place. We sat down there and I just like opened my burger and started eating it. Had done a thing wrong. Put my chip down beside me. And then he just sat there beside me. And after a minute he goes, it's a fucking chips gal. But this also, this so I didn't, of course. This this also this this is how uniform Matthew Gowan is that he eats his food in the food groups and leaves his chips to last, which is annoying. But he's extended the OCDness to the shower, where he has a shower regime of how to wash himself. This was the next point. Next point on my list, but take it away, Matthew. Take it away. Please, please. No, Daniel, please, please. This is your show. Please take it away. Go. Another shit thing that Gal likes to do is he has a shower in sequence of how he washes bits of his own gowness. So it'll start with the left shin up to the left knee, onto the left thigh, Maybe round underneath the left notcher, not the entire notcher, just the left side of the notcher, onto the left gluteus maximus, onto the left side of his back, up over the left breast, up into the left head and maybe on the left side of his head. That's the left side of the body done. And then he'll move on to the right side of the body and do the same. And who the fuck does that in a shower every time for the since he's been born, for the last 47 years, whatever it is? That's not that fucking normal, gal. That is so overblown. You just made that shit up. 
You know, another, you know another shit thing that I do? You want to know one more? No. It's hanging out with you fuckwits. <laughs> anyway, that's that's my favourite shit things that gals likes. That's film school for fwits this week. Tenuous, tenuous link to the learning of things about film, but still I thought it would be good that you guys knew other things gal liked after you went, what the fuck does this guy love American Werewolf in London for? There you go. Film school for fwits. That was a long one and yeah. it was highly unfair. It could be heavily edited. A lot of, that lot of made up stuff. And, and and it doesn't allow me time for retorts. I can't talk about Morgz's lycra bike band at times. <laughs> no, we might. We've supported him through a lot of fads. <laughs> through these slinging gym days. We support him through that. Rollerblades, zip zips. Yeah. Mate, remember the leggings phase? He used to wear leggings. He was heavily, yeah. you know, he was right into fame in yeah. the late 80s. And he used to wear the leggings. That was Damo. You're confusing no, me with Damo. No, that was you when you thought you were a thespian and you thought like you were going to be a triple remember, threat. Remember, the, fan, triple remember threat. the phantom stage? Oh, yeah. We can post that one on social. Fat Morgs. Yeah, <laughs> he was a good bloke. Hey, it's not about me. This was about G. Let's move on. Okay, well done. That, what about I'm, your skateboarding phase, Morg? <laughs> still going. He's not happy. What about your skateboarding phase? Yes. You, what about the Santa Cruz board? You still owe me $13. He, he double sold a skateboard to me and to his neighbour. Can you believe it? This <laughs> still owes me 13 bucks from 1987. I'm good for it, yeah. I'm good for it. Okay, we're going to move on before it gets to Civil War here. <laughs> it's time for the Stan Bush kick-ass credit song. It's going to be hard to top shit things that Gal likes. But I'm on the stage today and this song is called A Wolf in Sheep's Clothing. I like it. Okay. And uh, you know, I think I've got it. I'm sure I'll fuck it at some stage and this might take a couple of takes. But anyway, Damo set a pretty high bar, to be honest. Walking through the moors with his best friend Jack. Stick to the roads and you better watch your back. In a pub for a feed and they tell you to leave. When the moon goes full, there'll be no reprieve. From the fog jumps a shape and begins to maul. No one's going to save you when the help you will call. Three weeks in a coma and the nurse checks your cock. Conclude you're Jewish because you're not wearing a sock. Well, you better go home with a sexy nurse. Morse is getting edgy. It's the end of this verse. You're a wolf in sheep's clothing. It's a puffy jacket. When the moon goes full, he's gonna cause a racket. He's a wolf in sheep's clothing. It could be worse. He's gonna get hairy. He's gonna pound the nurse. He's running around the circus and he's causing a scene. All the people watching porno are gonna start to scream. He's a wolf in sheep's clothing, but it could be worse. He's backed into a corner. It's time to call the hearse. <laughs> very, yes. very good. Yes. Very, very, very I'm going to say that well you, you kept your melody and your phrasing throughout. I think that was yes. as, yeah. as, as created. Yeah, I think I did. Yeah. I think I might have got that one. One well, take, so, one take, Charlie. I tell you, Damo has uh, raised the bar somewhat on on the Kick Ass Credit song, and and that is uh, is is definitely living up to the expectations from now on. Well played. Well, for the first for the first time, we're going to announce that in the next episode that Dan will be doing the Kick Ass Credit song, <laughs> right? Because he has dodged it. He has dodged it, and I think he's missed like four of his rotations. Dan shall be doing the next kick-ass credit song for the next movie, and we're going to move into star of the show, and we're going to start with you, Daniel, star of the show. Yeah, it was it was uh, difficult for me for this because uh, I've been pretty forthright in the fact that I thought a lot of people were miscast in this movie. I think if they did it again, they would do it a whole lot differently. And uh, Gao's insight, great insight, G, about John Belushi and Down Aykroyd, <laughs> Uh, makes great call, Jude. Makes a lot of sense because I think it was let down 
by the casting of this. But you look at IMDb, you look at those other fucking award thingies that I don't know what they mean. This film is revered, so maybe I'm the dickhead. So who'd have thunk it? But anyway, as far as the star of the show for this, only Jenny Agata was the only person that kept me interested in this, and I, I felt she was quite subtle. She played the English Rose very well. She didn't have a lot to play off. She's fucking hot. Um, yeah, Jenny Agata for me. Okay, G-Man. Yeah, there's, I'll just run with what Morg said. Yeah. And there's not a lot else. There's not a lot else about it. Uh, you know, there's, there's some holes in the plot. There, you know, David Norton. Uh, tenuous at times. So, yeah, we'll just run with that. Okay. I'm going to go Rick Baker, special effects. I think yeah, nice. For, the, it, for the time, it, I think groundbreaking. You're right. And an Academy Award. You do have to look at this in uh, in the silo of the time and, and yeah. Yeah. The, the fact that they created an Academy Award basically on the back of this movie is is amazing. And whilst yeah. it has aged uh, a, a lot, I think it, it's still amazing. So, yeah, good call. Yeah. No, that is a really good call. That yeah, is it's, for sure. it's hard to go past the shower scene, but I'm going to go to Rick Baker for that. Yep. The shower scene is a close second. All right. It was good to revisit An American Wolf in London. I think we've all had some an interesting time with it. It's time to hit the rank bank, see where this fits. Now, I've, it was actually hard to come up with a few things, but I've got horny nurses. I've got the Piccadilly Circus peep shows. Sensual shower scenes. <laughs> say that. Sensual shower scenes. Sensual scenes. Sensual shower scenes, murderous Nazi werewolves, and then I'm and then I'm dead. Anything you can think of? Uh, well, see you next Wednesdays. Oh yeah, how many see you next Wednesdays? That's not bad. Werewolf side dicks. Okay, Daniel, how many see you next Wednesdays are you giving an American werewolf in London? Look, I, I've telegraphed my punches somewhat throughout this episode. I didn't think much of this film on I can't even remember if it's a rewatch or not. I definitely remember some scenes. But for me, I overhyped, underperformed, strangely casted, weird plot lines. Uh it really only redeemed at the end where G and I both thought that that, that penultimate scenes were, were what saved it. Uh Jenny Agatha nude was a highlight. Two and a half out of five for me. Two and a half out of five see you next Wednesdays. Wow, 2.5. Harsh, harsh. G-Man, how many see you next Wednesdays? This movie, as I, I said early on, was was a big one when I was a kid. It was really that horror movie that, that got me the first time. It was really scary back then. I haven't watched it since the 80s. And, you know, on the rewatch, you notice a lot of different things, obviously being a lot older and, and movies having changed a lot. Um, not not as good on the rewatch, but still a nostalgic movie for me. I'm going to give it 3.25. See you next Wednesdays. Right. 3.25? Yep. Okay. Okay. Well, I have I I had a number in here which I've just changed. I had 4.25 in here and it's Whoa! just a 4.25 movie. Yeah. yeah. I, I, that was that was nostalgia. That was definite nostalgia. But I'm giving this 3.75. I still enjoyed this. It was a different movie to I what I first thought and I'm finding as as I've said this before when I rank them and when I watch them to rank them, it's a different watching that I'm doing. So this gets 3.75 for me. See you next Wednesdays. So, Gal, you've got the sheet there in front of you. Where does an American Werewolf of London Okay, sit? This brings us in at 3.17 see you next Wednesdays. Now, that is equal with <laughs> when Harry met Sally and with Caddyshack. When Harry met Sally... Sheldon the Wonder Slongs yep. and 3.17 uh, Aqua Turds for Caddyshack. <laughs> that brings us into 
equal 44th spot. Mm. Now, that is, it also, also, it's right above Rock and Roller at 3.08 Incredibly Awkward Dance Scenes and above The Lost Boys. See, I, I would watch Rock and Roller and The Lost Boys 500 times before I'd watch this again. So yep. that, that's interesting. You know what? You've only just, you only gave Rock and Roller a three though, Dan. Mm. And and this you gave a two point. I was being kind for Jenny Agatha, essentially, because I've, yeah, I've, fair I've, I've I'm definitely. Glad you changed yours. Sorry. Yeah, because it would have really bumped it up. Mm. Mate, you would have, that would have been above Molly's game at four point two five. Probably, yeah. Yeah, like and there's a couple of movies in there, so I'm I'm glad you changed that. No, it, it had to be changed. I had a look at the at the some of the ratings I've done lately, mm-hmm. and it may have been a little bit soft on some of them, but I, I think I've got the same as Commando. So yeah, uh, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. Ooh, yeah. It's probably not as good a movie, not as rewatchable as Commander. That's yeah, for no sure. Way. Okay, well we te- we keep getting it sort of right. That's in the bottom third of the movies we've done, and it probably deserves to sit there. Okay, so if you loved an American Werewolf in London, what are you going to watch? Morgs. Uh, well, fucking anything. You can watch an Adam Sandler movie on Netflix because you'll love that too. Because you're a moron. Like I, I, I literally had written fucking anything. So yeah, I. Knock yourself out. Okay. G-Man? Look, if you want to go the easy one, you could watch something like The Howling, which yeah. is the same year, which is probably just a a harder version or a tougher version. a darker version, take. A darker, a darker take yeah. with, with a bit of comedy in it. Um, the other one I had, if you want to go slightly differently on the wolf take, is Teen Wolf. Oh. So it's it's obviously a comedy. But if you Didn't like you recommend movie, Teen Wolf recently? I did. It was for something a little bit. Different, wasn't it? I can't remember what I recommended it for. Yeah, I think I've got some concerns with Team Wolf nowadays. I think there's some definite concerns with it, but uh, yeah, still a bit of fun. Okay, I've got Dog Soldiers. <laughs> I think we've laughed at Dog Soldiers before, uh, but uh, starring Sean Pertwee, Kevin McKidd, uh, it's about a oh, Sean routine. Pertwee, he was in Blue Juice. Yeah, uh, a routine military exercise turns into a nightmare in the Scot- Scotland wilderness, and it's a it's a massive werewolf thing. It's actually really good. It's a it's low budget. It's very good. It's quite gory, uh, a lot of fun. I saw this many many years ago. It came out in two thousand and two. It's a great movie. It's worth a watch if you like a werewolf movies. Another one that horror comedy sort of trope. Evil Dead Two. Yep. Okay. Uh, you don't need to explain much about that, but Ash is back. And it's a hell of a lot more. I'll have a lot more fun than the first one, and well worth watching if you like that horror comedy sort of uh, film. Evil Dead Two. Next week, we've got something pretty special. A movie that I know is is quite close to Dan's heart, and I think he probably introduced me to this film. And I think he thought there was a little bit of Ferris in him. Probably at the time. I was a fairly deluded young man. Yeah. So next episode, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Thoughts, Gow? Oh, he's very popular. <laughs> Sportos, motorheads, geeks, sluts, bloods, waste toys, dweebies, dickheads. They all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. <laughs> Outstanding. Well done, G-Man. And well quite done. topical because Alan Ruck is just coming to the end of his run of four seasons of Succession. Which What, what do you guys see? You guys excited about the... Final succession, which is about to air. Look, I haven't watched it. Yeah, yet. I fucking know you haven't watched it. And why he hasn't watched it either? Because you hang both. On, no. Hang on, hang on. What? Hang on, hang on. I watched season one, episode three last night. Oh, he's oh, looking at him. Look at him go. Okay. I started. And I am 
and I'm only three episodes in, but I'm actually really enjoying it. It's now, we've talked outstanding. About it. We, we just haven't got we haven't just haven't got time. We haven't got into it yet. But it's something that Chris and I both want to watch. But in a good news for you, Morgs, you can add this to shit things about Gow. <laughs> like, that's hey, easy we ad. we only scratched the surface because I could see the look in Whitey's eyes, like hurry up, hurry up. I had <laughs> I had reams of that shit. So um, yeah, but Alan, we may do part one. We may do part one and part two. Part, part two. Um, Alan Ruck, obviously star in succession as um, one of the uh, – Connor Roy, one of the Roy family, um, and also uh, Cameron in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. So quite topical. But, yeah, great choice. And, uh, yes, I, I do feel like I align myself with old mate Ferris back in the day, 1986. So, uh, yeah, long uh, long time ago. Greatest year in cinema? Back into the big year. Well, it's, it's, it's probably the one year I don't argue with you about. So, yeah, that, that's good. We're diving into the 86 well and – Looking forward to it. Should be good. I was a renowned wagger of school. You renowned. were you were a fantastic a school avoider, yeah. not, I must say. Not not particularly good at it. Got caught many times. <laughs> Didn't deter me. No. Did not deter me. You were exceptional. Continued. Even with a yellow book from Mrs. Thompson, having to get all my teachers to sign it, <laughs> didn't care. The yellow book didn't really do much, did it? Like no. just, and my I keep going back to my fame story. Remember in year 10, you were in year, I was in year 10, you guys were in year 11, and we spent a lot of time at the Chroma Soccer Club playing pool uh, when we should have been in, I think you were in science oh. and I was in something that was probably I needed to be in. And who, who lagged us in? Was it Forrest? Someone lagged, oh no, it was one of the geography teachers, Mr. Andrews or someone like that lagged us into Mrs. Dean, the deputy, and even, I think even the G might have got busted and he was goody two-shoes. Kaleidoscope of colours. That's when we started going there at night, then Morgs. <laughs> Whenever it was closed. Smashed himself on the on the soccer net. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, he did too. During, during the sprint off. That's right. After 10 beers. Oh, I never had good night okay. vision. We could talk about that shit all day. We're not going to. Next week, Ferris Bueller, thank you very much for joining us for another episode of A Born to Watch. Please share to your friends. Let everybody know. Leave a review on Apple. Leave a five stars on Spotify. Thanks, everybody. See you next week. Thanks, Whitey. Thanks, Morgs. I'm going to go home and reevaluate some uh, life choices. Oh, don't do that. Thanks for the night. Shit things about Gow could also be things that we love about Gow. You bean flicker. Bye for now. Bean flicker. Bean flicker. Thank you for listening to this episode of Born to Watch. To join us on our journey into some of our favourite movies of all time, you can find us on all good podcast networks like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. If you like what you hear, give us a five-star review and share with your friends.